Hello, beautiful listeners, and thank you for tuning in to Writing Away to Wellness, a podcast produced by Girls Right Now and hosted by me, Sally Familia. Writing Away to Wellness is a podcast where Girls Right Now community members of all ages, racial and cultural backgrounds, careers, and crafts engage in holistic conversations about wellness in relation to the arts of writing. From avid journalists to authors committed to passing down the tools they have learned to survive the silly world, Writing Away to Wellness is the bridge that leads us to gentle hearts and creative minds. Soul food. Outside of this kitchen, their cold and battered flesh seek out for my eyes to bring them warmth, life. I got a pot of greens on my stove, and a wooden spoon that never forgets. My grandsons and granddaughters, thank God and amen, were baptized and pot liquor wiped clean with manna. I got sanity in this succotash. Respect in these ribs, freedom for a weary soul in these collards and cornbread. Inside of this kitchen, spirits flicker like a pilot flame, rekindle my children. Thank God and amen. Soul Food, a poem by Kamari Bright. Welcome everyone. I am Marjorie Hanna, a community manager here at Girls Right Now, and welcome to Writing Our Way to Wellness. We place an importance on instilling value on physical and nutritional wellness in community of colors in this episode. And I have a very special guest, um, Chanel Ferguson. A bit about Chanel. She is a Jamaican-American storyteller, wordsmith, and digital media consultant based in the Bronx, New York. A recent graduate from Ithaca College with a bachelor's in writing with a nonfiction concentration. Chanel is dedicated to using storytelling as a resource for healing and is very passionate about community organizing. We thank you so much for joining us, Chanel. Chanel is also a Girls Right Now Minty alum, so we're pleased to have you um, always in our community. Once we have you, you know, we never let you go. Yes, and um, I'm looking forward to chatting um, about the topic at hand. And so I will um, start off by saying um, physical and nutritional wellness is something um, I most certainly have had a passion around because I've needed to. Um, and it's, it's, I definitely have experienced a bit of a roller coaster, um, around this topic, but I'd really like to know how did you get involved with this topic? Well, I will also say I've had my own roller coaster, but starting mostly with my mental health when I was in college, um, I basically had to face my mental health and I started to explore it and I found that um, I went to a PWI, so I found that that campus didn't have um, resources specific to me or other students of color. So I kind of just went on my own journey. I would follow people on social media that um, had content that was catering to things I was going through or I needed to hear, affirmations, ways to get through the day. Um, and I found that Overall, my mental health was affecting my physical 
my nutritional health a lot. And um, for so long, I kind of just normalized it and it went about, you know, day to day. So that that journey led me to really like take time with myself, learn a lot about myself, and then I wanted to help other students of color on campus. So I had an initiative on campus and it was called mental hygiene. So it was trying to help students connect their overall well-being and health to their mental wellness. Um, so I had different events, um, uh, connecting to physical health. We didn't really get into nutritional health, but for me personally, I was um, trying to like, you know, with being a busy college student, I was trying to maintain my nutritional health and make sure that I overall was being healthy in, in the midst of trying to help others at the same time. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, we cannot pour into others until we have poured into ourselves. So it really does kind of start with the self-care, doesn't it? Right. What does that look like for you, self-care? Um, first, it looks like accepting myself and like not judging myself. Because there's times my self-care is regular, everyday things are changing you. And then there's times it's like, I notice I need a little extra. Um, so for me, being in nature is a big part of my self-care, taking walks, I walk my dog, or I'll just sit and write in nature. Um, also, holistic care has been a big part of my self-care, um, taking baths, doing things to like cleanse my body, detox, and uh, when I, whenever I like physically don't feel too well, then I... Um, will then look at how my nutrition is, what, it, what am I putting in my body. Um, so that is pretty much like my daily self. That sounds awesome. Um, you mentioned um, just the, the mental health component. And you also, you know, sort of kicked off um, um, your conversation around the fact that you did attend a PWI. How do you think that really impacted your your self-perception, the way you felt about yourself? Because you also mentioned just accepting yourself. Right. Yeah, it was interesting for me because I was born and raised in the Bronx and I was used to going to public schools. So I had public education. I was surrounded by people that looked like me or were a, a person of color. So um, that was, besides being involved in like Rose Right Now and um, going to Manhattan in the city and being around different diverse groups on a day-to-day this was my first time in college um, being around many people that didn't look like me or didn't have an experience like me didn't grow up like me um, so it definitely kind of uh, like made it a priority for me to work through myself and develop my myself as a person um, also in college, that was the first time I really learned certain things about my history, my culture, um, that I didn't have exposure to because of you know, the New York City education. So uh, it was it was like a new experience, but it, it helped me just like get on a to, onto a journey that I don't know if I would have at that time. Say I went to a um, 
a school closer to home or something like that. So um, it definitely just kind of put me on a path that led me to a, a healthier and like well-being um, where I felt more like I'm in charge of how I uh, like maintaining my wellness. So it kind of resulted, it, it, it kicked off this sort of empowerment. Right. Yes. Because even in moments where there was differences, I felt othered or I felt like I was the one person of color in a room or in a classroom. Um, my professors would encourage me to use that moment to like speak up and represent because I am the one of. So that voice, that story is missing. So that um, definitely made me build confidence in my voice. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it, um, as opposed to feeling this enormous pressure of being the representative of people who come from where you come from or who look like what you look like. Instead, it's, you know, share your story. You're here. Like, kind of complete the, the picture. Right. Yeah, and... You know, at that time, no one else really understood, like, that experience for me because I'm the youngest of four in my family. So it was kind of like, I'm going through this and those that are around me are seeing it. And, and um, I have professors of color that were able to guide me through that. So I'm very grateful for that. You know, it's 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 really interesting how everything sort of pans out if we... Um, sort of view every challenge as an opportunity. And, and I, I personally feel that, you know, I, I like to say I don't have any regrets, but I always wanted to have the HBCU experience, did not get it. And I have a daughter who is getting it. And every time I go to DC and, you know, I go to Howard's homecoming because I'm totally like piggybacking off of the fact that she's at Howard. Yeah, <laughs> I still, I, I, you know, it's, it's what's done is done. But um, if you were not placed in this sort of um, PWI space um, that you really led this conversation with, um, do you think, and we, we can only speculate, but, and you've kind of highlighted how this sort of helped you grow. Do you think it's a necessary part of growth and development? Because you you came from a place that had a lot of people, like you said, that look like you. But there are nuances to that, right? Even within communities where everyone looks the same, you have classisms and educationisms and the professionalisms. You have all these different components. So um, if, let's say, you're going to go to graduate school, like, do you, do you feel that it matters or is it just if you have that um self-confidence and self-esteem and 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 sense of of security you're fine in every space or do you have is there a do you feel like there is a need to be within community with people who are culturally similar right well, first, I think it's still awesome that you're able to experience that HBCU experience with your daughter. So that's great, even though you weren't able to do it. Um, I also lived vicariously through my sister sometimes. But with that question, I think 
there are, especially now compared to when uh, I was a high school student and I found girls right now on my own, like just being a curious um, person and knowing that there wasn't anything in the community. So I just went out, I used Google and I searched it up and kind of just did it on my own and I had support back then. So uh, with today, how there are so little more resources, there's just a lot of programs, things and spaces to be curious, even if you don't necessarily relate to those same people or have um, the same background or interest, things like that. So I see that as like there's already something to learn and a new space and also you just never know um you know what opportunity is going to create that for you um because say I went to a different school I still could have had um been immersed with other cultures and things like that say I studied abroad or something like that so you know you just never know but I see it as like I could have received the same lesson um even if it was a different environment or situation but um, you know, now I'm at a more open space that, that, like, I'm embracing it and I'm doing something with the knowledge, um, because when I was younger, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really know much about networks or, um, cultural impact and things like that. I felt it, but I couldn't always understand the importance, um, that I do now. So what are some practical uh, tips that you have? Well, first off, it's it sounds like, you know, what you're saying is curiosity is is very healthy and is um, to just achieving uh, wellness. Um, so I guess, you know, curiosity killed the cat. I mean, I guess a good curiosity is healthy. We'll just, we'll land there. But um, what, what are some practical uh, tips that you have around just maintaining wellness? Google. Um, when you say for wellness, is that in general, like all physical, mental, like every type of, okay. For me, it was like the way that, like the, the relationship I had with myself. So I started to kind of evaluate like, okay, how am I speaking to myself? How am I interacting with myself? How, like asking myself questions like that. And that led me to, um, find affirmations to have better communication with myself that led me to outsource people that are on a, a journey with food or on a journey with uh, like fitness things like that where I started to learn okay there is yoga that I like that works for me there's meditation that I like that works for me uh, so I think I guess what I'm trying to say is like doing research and spending time um, with yourself. I would say affirmations are great because it's something you can write for yourself. It's like, I am, that's an example. And it can emerge into many other like sentences. I would put post-it notes like on my mirror sometimes and just look at it and read out loud to myself, um, put out my calendar. Even quotes at times you can find and use as affirmations, rewrite it for yourself. Even I had um, done like a box of self-love. I did it as an event before where 
I invited people to design a box for themselves and then write little like notes or affirmations that, you know, whatever kind of day you're having, you can always go in there, take something and you feel better or it's directly like, um, catch up on your self care. Um, yeah, sounds like you're, those are ways to really manage sort of, um, one's inner voice and even inner that that inner critic right do you find that um as you are managing your inner voice what about those around you like what sort of impact does your tribe have on wellness a huge impact especially being within communities of color i find like just observing different families or tribes of people. Um, and for me personally, like at a young age, I really like the things that the people around me would say or do or express, it impacted me a lot. Like I was that type of kid that was pretty quiet. I absorbed everything. So I internalized some things. I, uh, I had to like, I've healed with something, but overall, I do believe that it has a big impact. But at the same time, you can learn how to grow and mature outside of that by using, like, you can pick and choose from your tribe. I don't think we talk about that enough. Like, we don't have to take everything that we're given or shown. We can pick and choose what works for us. Um, and we can also decide for ourselves, like, does this feel like something I need to expand and work on more? Or am I okay with where I am with this now? Um, that's kind of what helped me separate from the tribe, but at the same time, learn how to be well within the tribe. Because there's times that I didn't feel um, safe with my tribe or I didn't feel healthy being around my tribe. So I've had to explore that and like still wanting to love everyone and love myself at the same time and making sure I'm not depleting me in that process. How do you make sure that you're not depleting yourself? I check in with myself. Like I I notice how I feel around certain people or if there's certain conversations um that come up, I notice the the reactions in my body or the thought that comes instantly in my mind and that's taking time and practice because there's definitely times that I'll be like triggered defensive or just feel like I want to shut down uh so I guess it's like my relationship with myself like I like still going into that inner voice is how I maintain and just make sure I'm okay you know yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. And so it really, what you're saying is it really starts from within and managing the inner voice and kind of curating, I guess, behaviors, which um, I guess can be informed by, if, if, if we allow them, it can be informed by external factors or we start internalizing things, but you're saying you really have to just self-assess and manage oneself. Um, 
has there ever been a time where you've had to maybe just back away from people in your tribe or community where it's, they're no longer in your tribe for your own wellness? Definitely. Um, I feel like especially this year, earlier in the year, I've, I had to face that. And I more secluded myself because there was a lot going on, a lot of things I was feeling, and I knew nobody could guide me. Like, I had to. It was just things I was ignoring or allowing the thoughts to kind of overcome me that no one else could um, really help me. But at the same time, I knew that if I knew that still at with some of these things, my tribe was involved in it. So I kind of had to evaluate for myself, like, what's more important, like feeling like I need justice or feeling like I need a certain conversation from somebody. Is that more important over me healing myself and me allowing myself to like sit in it and have the emotions, like face the emotions that come up? Um, but yeah, I definitely had to step away and come back. That's kind of the way that it felt. And even even like people in my tribe expressed that to me too. Um, but I had to, you know, communicate that's what I needed and not feel bad about it. Um I'm still working through, like, kind of, I guess, removing or stepping away and, like, ending that relationship or ending that connection. I'm still working through that, but I have more language, so I feel better in that way that, you know, I'm getting closer to actually getting there. Wow. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, How do you... You know, you mentioned something really interesting and it's, you know, like caring for oneself or, you know, this sort of justice, this idea of, of okay, how, how, how do I receive justice in this situation? So it sounds to me if, if, if you have to compromise if if it's even a compromise it I'm sure it feels like a compromise for all of us when it seems like we've been treated unfairly or we have been treated unfairly um so are you saying that in some instances you just have to sort of just let it go um because you I mean I, I I'm just kind of putting myself I'm, I'm jogging my memory and I know if we don't let some things go we can just totally become reactive and it kind of creates this sort of toxic situation. And so someone has to almost sort of, quote unquote, be the bigger person and just, I don't know, to your point, maybe step away. And then if you can, loop back around, loop back around. But how do you incorporate just, you know, tangible things? Like, for instance, for me with, with you know, thinking about wellness and nutrition and communities of color, um, you know, I I definitely invest in foods and, you know, essential oils and even just doing things that I, for myself, that kind of make me feel good. You know, I always have a Japanese manicure, for instance. It, I, I'm insecure about one of my fingers that's been broken. And um, so I just do these things because they kind of make me feel good. Yeah. Um, and I think feed the body and kind of feed... Um, the soul, so to speak. Right. Uh, what sort of things do you do? Yeah. So similarly, I invest in 
um, essential oils. So I have a background, um, Jamaican background, so Caribbean background. I was, I've grown up like immersed in holistic care and treatments and um, ways of cooking, ways of physically moving your body or even um, making certain like home remedy to, to care for your body and um, heal it and treat it. So I have done things like essential oils and then I'll, I'll create like a mix of and blend different oils together and use it. Um, I would even do that same thing and mix it with other products to do like a deep conditioner for my hair. Um, I've taken time to like research different herbs and learn how to mix them together for food or to blend and make a tea. Um, so those are some tangible products. And there's also a brand dry team that sells loosely herbal tea. And that definitely reminds me of like my Caribbean hole. And, and that was always like the remedy for everything. If you have gas, have a cold, you have a cut, like you're told to go drink some tea. So, um, that's definitely a part of like my everyday routine. Oh, okay. I've got my oolong tea right beside me right now. Um, that is the natural robitussum, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, for me, I, I actually, um, had some pretty dire, um, health conditions and, um, I, I really love everything you're saying because it, it you kick things off really talking about the need to be curious and doing the work and seeking out the information and then taking action. So even um, when there are physical health conditions and we're talking about healing and wellness around um, that, um, you know, it is important to just be aware. And I don't know, for me, that's, that's what I did. I, I, you know, I actually, um, again, I had a pretty dire health condition and, um, I just went on this deep dive for, for information. And I too was kind of raised with herbs and alternative medicine. My mother was very big on that. And, um, it's not a pretty decent reference point, but, um, I think many would be shocked at all the, um, healing components in everyday foods because our bodies are kind of built to heal. If, if we have our bodies what they need, they will heal. And a lot of that is the mental health component. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, when I, when I was ill, I remember there was a point and I just, I said it aloud and I said, well, I'm not going to die. And then I knew in that moment I wasn't right. Cause it's kind of that managing the inner critic and the self-talk. And once I said that, I really, you know, definitely went all the way in and just eating healthy things and and letting go of toxic people places and things because there there definitely is a point in time where we have to just kind of focus on self and heal ourselves and you know when we can look back around um there's a lot of talk about food deserts and communities of color um do you want to talk about that a little bit has it been your experience do you feel like cost can impede anyone not just people of color but 
uh, from, you know, eating healthy? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I think as well as cost and accessibility, what is around you? So within the Bronx, I live in Uptown Bronx, and just in general, the Bronx has become a gentrified and part of New York City as a whole, and that has brought a lot of fast food chains or just chains in general, right? Um, and in like a, a close radius, there is limited food options. It's a food desert, and what you have around you that's walkable or accessible for the neighborhood is not nutritional um, or is not the the nutrients that you need for like on the daily for your body, right? So um, the cost is definitely a big part of it. And for myself, I researched like what is around me, like what are the options saying that I can't afford that healthy meal or that um, or even be able to travel to that far supermarket to get better options. I found that there is like food pantry um, that have fruits and vegetables, variety of foods that um, are free. And then you can also be able to get nutrients from them. Um, and then period, like we're in a time of people are health crazy, or I don't want to use that word necessarily, but like uh, conscious is more like a better word. Um, and I think that has brought like an openness to have wider options, but there's still more work to be done and cost is definitely a huge part because within um, a lot of urban or certain neighborhoods, there is low income everywhere. So you can't afford to buy food in a supermarket, can't afford to buy fast food. Um, so then it's kind of like what's left? What? what is going to fill your body and give all the energy you need and still be able to maintain like daily um, tasks. So I definitely think that is like still an issue. Yeah. And, and it's all um, just, just thinking about, I hope I'm not echoing, but just thinking about um, behaviors and practices. Yeah. <laughs> and one's palate yeah and i know i i actually went vegan overnight after during my health issue. and it's amazing how quickly one's palate will adapt to i don't know maybe a few weeks in bananas and walnuts together to me literally tasted like cake like it was just best taste ever and you know carrot juice was sweet like it tasted good to me um Carrot juice is now difficult for me to drink, you know. I just had a cup right before this. <laughs> so good for you. It is. Yeah, I think I drank so much the palms of my hands turned orange from the you know. really. <laughs> um but yeah, I think, you know, there there are ways to eat healthier. Um but, you know, we have to think about what we are accustomed to eating, what we view as being full yeah I what we're used to feeling like um because I I know I I felt I had to eat healthy and I you know there was a point in time where um you know I I may have eaten 
I, I actually would go to like Chipotle because it, it, it they have a lot of options and I'm not endorsing, you know, like fast foods, but you know, at the time, you know, I think they had organic items and you could, you could, it, it, it could be a, a hearty vegan meal, right? And you have corn and lettuce, like there beans, rice, right? Rice is like a perfect protein. So, um, so there, there, there are ways, especially if yeah, if able or willing to cook at home. But I do think it starts with the mental and the emotions around eating and seeing yourself as deserving to be healthy. Yeah. And today, the good thing with social media is it's showing a lot of different recipes and ways to be creative, like you're saying, like cooking at home, um, even just trying trying a different cultural meal that you've never been exposed to. So, yeah, there's ways to kind of have fun with your nutrition and um, keep in mind, like, your affordability, accessibility, all of those things um, are possible, too. Yeah, social media is definitely a powerful tool. That's that that is where I receive so much information. And in a way, social media, if we curate, um, we can almost sort of um, sort of curate our algorithm based off of what we click on it or yeah, we do. And we can kind of build a social media tribe or at least sort of a reference that really is healthy as opposed to. You know, there's the there's the opposite end of that where we're seeing all the things and the images that maybe are not healthy, which also sort of speaks towards what um, you opened with, which is being in this environment where you're feeling a little bit othered, right? So, um, yeah, it's like a full circle. Um, yeah, you mentioned tea because I I consider myself a tea kind of sore. What are some of your favorite teas? Yeah. Um... Ginger is always like never a hit or miss. I think um, ginger is my favorite for specifically dry things for that brand. I like their lemongrass blend a lot. You can have a hot or cold. Um, I don't know. That's so hard for me because I grew up drinking like the bitter tea that you know is good for you, but you're like, ugh, like I don't like the taste. So I got used to mint. There was there was a time that I didn't really love mint. Um, and also I got used to like drinking without um, sugar because that was hard for me at a certain point. I wanted to sweeten everything. So um, I would say those are my favorite. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love mint tea. Well, listen, if you didn't have to grow up drinking um, cod liver oil and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty horrendous. Um so, um, yeah, no, this, this has been wonderful. Let me just ask you when, when you do feel stressed, what are some ways to just kind of decompress? Cause we know like chronic stress leads to various causes of death, you know, heart disease, cancer. I, I feel like my extreme levels of stress definitely contributed to my illness, um, you know, that I experienced. And so I'm really big on letting things go but we're human sometimes that can be difficult so what are some techniques that you advise or that you've utilized yeah um the stress is always been an ongoing thing for me but um this was definitely a big part of my physical health because i grown up with the mentality of like working hard and 
working to a point where I'm physically stressed, like fatigue, not getting enough sleep, things like that. So I have kind of redefined for myself, like what physical health is and then maintain it, maintaining it with um, heart, being a hardworking person. So definitely taking walks in nature uh, for me is a great way to alleviate stress. Um, writing things down, so whether that's like journaling or writing like a random poem. Um, sometimes I would just like sit and like just gaze at the sky, just look in the sun, look at the sky and see what comes to my mind or just allow myself to space out if I need that. Um, and also now what I've been practicing more is just like speaking, like speaking through my stress, like whether that's venting or asking like a question about something that's been on my mind or something that keeps coming up, annoying or causing me to have racing thoughts or things like that. Um, I've gotten better with speaking about it and therapy too. Um, I've had therapy on and off in college, but so that's like six years now I've been having therapy on and off and I'm currently um, in therapy and that I, therapy has helped me a lot, just manage stress and have techniques, um, writing exercises, things like that, that can help me through those like stressful moments because, you know, stress is something you can't run from. Like no one can prevent that, right? It's just about learning for yourself what work to manage it and still be okay throughout your day. Yeah, I love that. Well, speaking of writing our way to wellness, um, would you like to leave us uh, with a writing prompt? Yes, I'd love to. So um, with our topic, my writing prompt is to write a letter from your body to you, answering the question, how has your body taken care of you? Oh, wow. I love that. They I love that. Well, as they say, the body keeps score. Yes. And so this is a friendly reminder for everyone to be good to themselves. Um, that's a lovely writing prompt. I, I am actually going to do that writing prompt. Thank you so much, Chanel. Thank you, Earl. Where can people find you? Well, I can be found. I don't have a lot of social media I'm active on, but I am on Instagram. My name is Channel Flick on instagram so channel as in like tv channel flick as in like picture like um all right perfect well thank you so much um listeners thank you for joining us until next time um take care A big thank you to Marjorie and Chanel for such an insightful and grounding conversation about the value of physical and nutritional wellness in communities of color. And thank you again for joining us for another episode of Writing Away to Wellness, a podcast published bi-weekly on Thursdays. Follow along as we foster spaces where emotions are seen with an open heart and words received with reverence. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the Girls Right Now Substack at girlswhenowmedia.org and catch us wherever you get your podcasts. 
This episode is a production of Girls Right Now. It was recorded by Marjorie Hanna, edited by Bonnie Curra, and produced with the support of Catherine Dustin and Sadi Familia. Thank you always for your time and energy, and remember who you're healing for.